welcome to New Hope Lockheed's podcast. I'm your host, Christine Power, and this week's episode comes from our series, God Blesses Us When We Desire More, and Pastor John Haig is bringing the message today, and it's an incredible one about claiming the promises of God. So here it is. Enjoy. God who is one and loving us, he's one. He's not millions of gods. He's not living in trees and just some something. He's one. He's one. You can focus on him and worship him. And you're one. And he can love you. So good. So good. On a series about asking for more. And this is not going to take long this morning. It's um, a tiny little section. I want you to tell me who Caleb was. So we can fill us in. So what was the story of Caleb in the Bible? He was one of the 12 spies. Hmm? Joshua's mate, yeah. Yeah, he came back with a good story. He had a good story. Yeah. What else happened about him? What happened to the other 10 spies? They went and died in the wilderness. And there was only him and Joshua who made it in to the promised land. Anyone can remember anything else about him? Sorry? Claimed a mountain. Yeah, there's a story in there that... Um, We'll just we'll bounce around here. There's a story in there that he said to he said to his mate Joshua before Joshua died, and Joshua prophesied over him. They having this discussion and said, "Everywhere that your foot goes, I'm, that the land's yours, your land. That's your land, not just around the you know, like Jericho and all that that bit." But Joshua prophesied that over Caleb. Promises. Anyone else about him you can remember? That's it. He says, we, we, we were at this spot 40 years ago and we should have claimed the land then, but we failed. But I'm not missing out this time. I'm, I'm as young and virile as ever. I'm going to lead in and I'm going to take my land. And he, and he sort of did. And we're going to look at a couple of, a tiny little bit about his life. Caleb, sorry. When they came into the promised land, they cleaned out all these cities. They cleaned out all the, all the inhabitants and they kept marching on. But as they marched on, guess what happened? Guess who snuck in behind them? The survivors took over the cities again. So although things can be promises made and although victories won, there's a big difference between a victory and possession. And in our lives... Jesus has won for us things on the cross, but it doesn't mean we possess them. And Joshua had promised it, they'd had a victory, but it wasn't possessed. Caleb decides it's time to go back and claim that block of land. And he says one day, he says, right, we beat it up X years ago, we cleaned them out. We're going to do the job properly this time. I need someone who's going to lead the battle for me and go in and claim it, claim the city for me. And as a matter of fact, to make it a bit 
the reward's quite good. You get my best-looking daughter as your wife if, if you lead the battle and win. Basically what happens. Let me read you it from Judges chapter 1. Then there, from there he went against the inhabitants of Debir. Now the name of Debir formerly was Kiriath Sephar. And Caleb said, the one who attacks Kiriath Sephar and captures it, I will give him my daughter Asher for a wife. Well, well, not a bad deal. He's one of the leaders. He's offering one of his wife, one of his daughters. And this young guy called Othniel, the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother, said, that's a, she's a good-looking sort. Give me the opportunity. And he captured it. So Caleb gave him his daughter, Asher, for a wife. Good. He's just moved up the ranks. He's got a responsible, quality father-in-law now. He's got a wife. He's got a good father-in-law and he's got a city. He's in charge of the city now. Then it came about that she said to him, Asher says to Othniel, she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. Okay. Daughter says to hubby, go and have a talk to my father-in-law. Yeah, my dad. You're a son-in-law now. Go and claim some land off him. Really interesting. It's sort of claim your dowry. You know, your goats, horses, camels. The Jews and the Christians are the only ones in history that gave land rights to daughters, inheritance to daughters. Don't be, don't be born a Muslim and be female. It's not good. Don't be Hindu and be born a girl. Don't even be Buddhist and be born a girl. Some are Buddhists a bit better, but it's only the Jews and the Israelis who gave land rights to daughters. So the daughter said to the son, her hubby, go and ask dad for some land. Well, he got some land. Dad gave him some land. And those of you who've seen pictures of the Middle East... This is all down south. This is um, um, the hill country around the Dead Sea. Now, what does that land look like? The, those of you who have seen pickies of it or been there, it's desert, hilly, it ain't much. He gave him a block of land. The parallel I'm trying to make here is that whatever you've got, if you've got promises... They're not worth a cracker unless you claim them. And if you are not, and if you are now an adopted son and daughter, it's not worth a cracker unless you ask, use that position you've got. Now, my sons-in-law can come to me and ask me for certain things, and up to a certain level, I, I am able to give it to them. Yeah, there's a certain level. If I had $10 billion in the bank, they could ask me for a bit better. When we ask God, we can ask him for anything. We've been adopted into his family. And the daughter here was saying to the newly adopted in son-in-law, go and ask dad for something. She was encouraging him 
to take his position. And it's a good thing that he was doing it. He was given a field in the northern Negev as his dowry. The area is dry, semi-arid, and seemed to hold little prospect. Otherwise, it's, it wasn't the part of the Middle East that was flowing in the land flowing with milk and honey. Sometimes in our lives, we feel that the, that the paddocks you've got aren't real flash, what you've got in your life. Sometimes the, the paddocks are always greener on the other side. But I'm here to tell you today that wherever you are, you can blossom wherever you're planted. Wherever you are, you can prosper and do well. You can be down beside the Dead Sea and do well. Asher was not dismayed with the field given to Othniel, but she knew her father Caleb would grant her any requests. The story continues that she was riding her donkey one day, and in the King James it says, Caleb asked her, what wilt thou? Literally, he said to his daughter, what for yourself? She hops off a donkey, she's there visiting her dad. What for yourself? You've got an awfully good husband, you've got a city, you've got a whole patch of land. What more could you want than dry land? Water. Water. It's a loving question from an addressed to an affluent landholder by a beloved daughter. Asher asked for the best gift she could think of. Give me a blessing. Since you've also given me the land of the Negev, give me also springs of water, verse 15 it says. So Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Parallel for us, God is looking for opportunities to bless his kids. And I'm reminded of James chapter 4, verse 2, which says, you have not because you... She knew that with the availability of water, even in the desert, even the Negev could blossom like roses. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, the Apostle Paul earnestly desire the little gifts. No? What did he say? Yeah, the greater gifts. Goes on to talk about in chapter 13, this faith, hope, and love, and the greatest one is love. Don't just play around the edges. Go for gold. If you're going to run at the Olympics... Do your best. Try and get the gold. Survey what God has given you. Determine what further needs you have. Ask him to give you what will enable you to do what you need to do. Our little, with his blessing, can feed multitudes or rout the Midianites. It sounds interesting, the upper springs and the lower springs. I couldn't, doing the homework, I could not find whether... Joshua sent the work crew out, sorry, not Joshua, Caleb sent the work crew out to dig some wells. When they needed wells, they dug them. But there were wells there already, the north and the south of the Negev. Let me fill you in. Having the wells to the north and the south of the Negev, through the wilderness, through this desert, is like having the only two petrol stations between Brisbane and Alice Springs. That's what Dad's just given you. 
and everyone's cruising by in their car, and guess where they're going to stop? And they're going to pay a tax, pay a fee to water their camels, their donkeys, their goats, their sheep. That's what Dad gave them. He gave them the only two petrol stations on the highway. Does, does Dad give good gifts to his kids? You betcha. You better believe it. And don't tell me he, he was only given this to his daughter. He, I reckon he was giving it to his sons as well, good stuff as well. They weren't missing out. This is just the story of the daughter. This is just, this is just four verses out of the book of Judges. Othniel was a wonderful man. He was offered an opportunity. Got a city that needs capturing. Who wants it? Bit of incentive. You get my good-looking daughter. Betcha. He put his hand up and he got his sword out and he got his mates and off they went. He took up the challenge. He got the girl. He got the girl. He got the city. He got the land. He got the wells. And the story finishes that Othniel is recorded as the very first of the judges in the book of Judges. He got the position as well when Caleb died. Doesn't Just because of promises there, just because the book has all these wonderful promises, they're just promises until someone possesses them. It may take a while. There was a few years between Caleb's first venture into the promised land and his achieving his goal, at least 40 years, probably 50 by the time he got his own land. Sometimes you've got to fight for your promises for a long time. Promises for your kids, promises for your grandkids, promises for your future, promises that things will be different, to, that your grandkids will have a different to the way you were raised or whatever it is that it may be. But you've got to hang in there and you've got to fight for it. I love it. I want to finish with a few verses from Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom the, his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. In other words, you've got his name. His whole family on earth and it derives its name. You're adopted. You're in the family. You're in the best family. You're in there. And out of his glorious riches... He's a rich dude. You've married into the adopted into the richest family there is. Rich in every way. That he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. Do you think the daughter realized she was loved? She had to be to ask, to push her hubby out the door and say, go and ask him for a paddock. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. A reasonably mature audience here today. The word no in verse 19 isn't intellectual no, it's experiential no. It's the same sort of knowing as Abraham, sorry, Adam knew Eve, that sort of knowing. Okay, get the point? It's not just head knowledge, it's experience. 
experience the love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Friends, it's not a fairy tale we've got. It's a very rich and wonderful faith we're offered in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these gorgeous people. We ask for blessing on those that are at the coast, uh, that are away, that are spending time with families. Oh, in country towns, don't we love school holidays, Lord? Everyone runs away. (laughs) But Lord, you're here and you're no different. You're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're incredible. And we are sons and daughters of you because of the blood of Christ we've been adopted in. Open our minds, Lord, to believe and to ask, not let things sit as they've always sat. But let us be like Othniel, who's been adopted. He grabbed his opportunity. He got the girl, he got the city, he got the land, he he got the water, and eventually he got the whole nation. Father, cause us to grow, that we may bring honor to your precious and wonderful name by living lives that reflect everything that you are. Thank you. We ask you to bless each person sitting around us, those behind, in front, to the left and the right. Thank you for your loving kindness today. In Jesus' name. Amen.